This is Brian Croft. Welcome to another edition of Trench Talk, the podcast of Practical Shepherding. And I am joined in studio with Jim Sebastio again. Jim, welcome. Good to see you. Thanks, Brian. Always great to be here. The newly built Practical Shepherding Studio, which means we're not in your office, but my office. (laughs) That's right. And uh, upgraded equipment a little, and that's about it. Right. So So when we say newly built, we don't mean that a hammer or nail was here. But we do have new microphones and... um, uh, some new other little fancy equipment that hopefully makes it sound a little bit better. Yeah, at best, I was being snarky with new with a new studio for yeah, sure. Yeah, but so. people take you seriously. Brian, that's right. You know, that's so. right. So we're before we dive into topic, though, um, just a quick couple things to mention to you. If this podcast has been helpful, would you uh, go to iTunes and write a review for us? And feel free to contact us if you want us to try to tackle certain issues on the podcast. We'll try to do that as you write them in. The best way to contact us is through practicalshepherding.com. Go to the contact page and you can write us. That directly comes to me so I can take those and Jim and I can can discuss them. And you can also go to the website and help us financially if you're able. Go to the donate button right there on the homepage and click on it and you can give to the ministry and it would help us in all the exciting things that are going on in the expansion of our ministry. Jim, let's dive into the topic though. And this is an important topic, probably more important than a lot of pastors want to acknowledge. Right. But here we are, and we need to talk about this, and that is how pastors take care of themselves in regard from a physical nature. Right. So, you know, we, you know, Jim and I have, have wrote the book, The Pastor Soul, just came out a couple months ago, and we talk a lot about how to care, for, a pastor should care for his own soul. Take heed to yourself uh, that we find in several places in the Bible in regard to pastors. But a lot of times we still don't see the physical side of that as being part of it. But it is, isn't it? I mean, set that up for it's us. It's part of yourself. Uh, take heed to yourself. And you, know, you, you have a physical self. And you are, I mean, you are your body and your you know, soul together. And I think sometimes we can have a dualistic view of the body and neglect the body. And as long as we take care of the soul... Uh, you know, the, I think the Bible does teach us that you know, the, 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 both of those things are reality. We are body, soul entity. So that on the day I die, you, you know, if somebody says, where's Jim, you know, you can point to the body and say, well, the, that's Jim. Or sometimes you'll say it's Jim's body. But like, you know, when Joseph was taken out, when his bones were taken out of Egypt, so they took Joseph out. They did. Yeah. You know, and, and well, where's, you know, well, that's not Joseph. That's just his shell. Well, no, that is, that's, that's the Joseph that will be raised. And we're going to be raised together on the last day, yep. body and soul. You know, there is a resurrection. There's a reason why our body is resurrected because Jesus paid for our body therefore glorify god in your body and your spirit which are gods your mm-hmm. your body is god's and uh so we're to glorify god in our body whether you eat or drink or whatever you do do all to the glory of god so the care of our body what we put into our body is not a matter of spiritual indifference and you know the apostle paul he says at one point you know bodily exercise is of little value is you know and he's really just contrasting it with godliness and contentment but he says it but he does say it's a value you know Mm -hmm. so there is a there is some value there's the recognition brian that all of our life all of our ministry every sermon we preach every counseling session we do our prayers our reading a bible it's it's done in this body it's you know these are the eyes these hands, this voice, uh, and if we're going to have the strength and ability to be able to preach once, twice, maybe three times on a Lord's Day, and then be able to engage uh, uh, folks in counseling without falling apart, um, you know, sometimes ministry demands being up early or late. It means having some long days. 
Uh, and so there is a recognition that, you know, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Uh, we're also weak. It is, you know, we are earthen vessels. Um, he knows our frame. He knows we're dust. There's limitations to our bodies. Mm. But, it, but I'm starting out, Brian, just saying, obviously, the scripture says this is uh, food and drink and even exercise and the fitness or the ability of your body to function is not a matter, ought not to be a matter of indifference to us. I'm not right. advocating body worship. I'm not advocating that all of us need to have six pack abs and 18 inch biceps and a, you know, 40 inch chest and a That's 28 relief. inch waist. That's relief. Yeah, it is. Um, <laughs> uh, Brian, both of us have struggled in this area yeah. and are, are trying to make, good conscience to 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 do better uh mm. in these things and so you know we're not here as you know two string bean p- uh, preachers who you know never gained an ounce in our lives you know mm. uh uh preaching at guys who have a gut um but you know i think far too many of our brethren are out of shape yeah. it's far too common to go to a pastor's gathering and and, and see a lot of guys who are really, really quite large, and one old pastoral mentor used to talk about the shame of men whose bellies hit the pulpit before their Bibles do, you know, that kind of a thing. I was like, ouch. <laughs> well, you I, know. I, I want to say as a Southern Baptist pastor that, you know, the, the elephant in the room literally is the, the elephant in the, in the, in the SBC <laughs> is that there is this issue with uh, obesity and just food kind of enslaving a lot of yeah. pastors. It's just reality. And so, Brian, one of the things you, you brought up and you bring it out in the book is that using food wrongly yep. is not necessarily always seen in your waistline. That's right. There is that some skinny guys might be gluttons as well. That's right. Uh, and may seek their comfort in food. You know, I, I remember saying years ago to a somebody asking counsel about smoking and they say, I only smoke when I'm anxious. And I said, or when I'm afraid. And I said, well, what does the Bible say to do when you're afraid? You know, well, when I'm afraid I will smoke. Is that what it says? But you know, when I'm afraid I will eat, you know, and yeah. when I am, when my soul is downcast within me, then, you know, thy uh, Ben and thy Jerry shall be my comforter. You know, uh, um, you know, that's what can happen to us. Well, we, w- we want to focus. Let's, let's highlight, it's going to be, go a lot of directions. But I think we want to highlight three areas: food, how eating, mm-hmm. uh, sleeping, and exercise. Right. As as three components that pastors have to to engage with well to know ourselves, to be able to take care of ourselves well, and to know the areas that are neglected. And what I want to advocate for, even as we talk about these things, is that these three areas are closely tied to the soul. Mm-hmm. How we deal with these things are closely tied to our soul. Like you said, it's not just about a waistline. Right. It's not just about I love food. So I'm, I'm just going to eat a lot. Uh, so, you know, in my own personal life, one of the struggles for me has been I, I'm there are, there are two kinds of people in this world, people who eat when they're stressed and people who don't eat when they're stressed. Mm-hmm. And I come from a long line of stress eaters. Right. And I had to discover when ministry was hard that I missed for years that my food intake increased the more stressful it was. Right. And so obviously you've been under a lot. No, I'm just yeah, kidding. But you can usually gauge the amount right. of stress I have if you're eating lunch with me and you can tell. But <laughs> no, and, and having to come to grips with that probably in the next last four or five years, really right. coming to realize that yeah. that how I eat and even why I, uh, right. why I eat exactly right. is reveals a lot about what, the activity of my soul. And that's the point. Right. The same thing goes with exercise. 
and sleeping. You know, I think most men lie about how much sleep they really need. Mm-hmm. And and I I'll own it. I need eight hours of sleep. Mm-hmm. Get seven, seven and a half, probably typically. That's what I try to do. Yeah, because sometimes yeah, we read a biography of the man who slept four hours a night, and it binds our conscience. You know, well, oh, I'm lazy. You well, know, and we if hear I the, cared more about eternity, I'd. We hear the I'd stories of, of like Dr. Moeller reading seventeen books, you know, and sleeping four hours, which is you know a, a legend in a, in a lot of ways. It's a he would be the one to acknowledge it's a bit exaggerated, but I mean he does read a lot. 15, right. But yeah, it's only fifteen. <clears throat> but we hear those things, and we and we think that yeah, we're well, I must be lazy since I'm not doing that. Right. The reality is you have to know yourself, know your limitations as a human being. Right. And and so for me to just face, okay, I use food for comfort when I'm stressed, yeah. was a really helpful just uh, self-awareness for right. me to be able to begin to deal with not just food in my life and how I deal with it, but it actually started helping me manage weight better when I started realize yeah. it. And I think you want to say that, you know, it, it in some degrees, I mean, when you do a full, a full theology of food and study everything the Bible says about food, you know, to eat a bit or to enjoy a good meal when we're under distress and to be refreshed by a good meal and even to, you know, that, hey, you know what, in a fallen, cursed world where everything's lousy, it's still, there's still pie, you know. <laughs> no, there and, is. and I mean that it's in true. a sense that, you know, not to go overboard with that, but, you know, why does pie exist in a fallen world? Well, I can give you a lot of reasons. Right, but, but yeah. one of the, you know, well, some would say yeah, it's a <laughs> trap of the enemy. But I think some of it is, really is, a, it's a legitimate sign of the token of the goodness of God. It's, but don't eat too much of it. Right. But that that can be there and, and that that has an effect upon the body and of the mind of releasing some of that can be a token of, you know, that's not what we're talking about. I don't, I don't want people to have an, you know, hear this in an aesthetic way. Right. I think we need to recognize that, you know, the, like so many other things, what can be a good gift can be abused. Well, the Bible talks about fasting and feasting. Right. So I think what I hear you saying is we need to recognize both. Recognize there's a time to fast, pray, even for our, for our health to, to be managed, yeah. the intake of food well. Then there's feasting. Right. It's a celebration of what God has given us that's good in a fallen world. Yeah, and even when we're not feasting, food is over and over again seen as one of the great tokens of God's goodness and the, the taste, texture, variety of food. That's one of the reasons. If a guy doesn't pray at any other time, he prays when he eats. You know, He may not give thanks <laughs> right. to God yeah. at other times, but boy, when that steak's in front of him, he legitimately gives thanks to God or a piece of watermelon or kale or whatever it is he's having at that time but you know but it's going to be so it can be a token of god's goodness but what we have seen what you've seen is i think men who either eat too much who you know we eat on the run so you know we're busy yeah so i don't know how many breakfasts you have a week out or how many lunches you have a week out or sometimes there's a dinner thing and and so there are times involved in ministry i i have my three meals out i'm meeting with people and you know so if you're eating at cracker barrel and then you're eating at joella's hot chicken here in town and (laughs) you know dinners at wherever it is it's not always going to be you know the somebody wants to treat you or you know whatever the case or you're you're counseling somebody when somebody's going to treat you you know you know know, so i mean we have but sometimes you know we're eating on the run 
uh, we're stress eat, you know, we're stress eating because we're, we're, we're wolfing something down between meetings, right? We're sticking a bar of something in our back pocket. It's, yeah. it's, it's food eaten in the car. Right. And I met with a nutritionist, uh, about a year ago and, and even some of those kinds of things, just, just sitting and, and learning how to eat, but eating in peace, eating in quiet, chewing your food, mm-hmm. uh, enjoying your food is a part of an overall healthy diet. And our ministry sometime uh, can undermine that if we're not intentional. So let's rate these three areas for each of us. And this maybe helps some of the some of the pastors and others listening to this who maybe be able to evaluate themselves. So I was an athlete in high school, grew up in college. So I grew up and sports, athletics, you know, is so, still something I enjoy a lot. So exercise is not something that's hard for me to do. I enjoy it. It's a, it is a natural form of stress relief I've kind of always had that's been good in my life. So exercise isn't much of an issue for me. I've learned that I need eight hours of sleep. I worked pretty hard to get to that. There's years I didn't, and I was a mess and, and learned the hard way that I need a proper amount of sleep. Food is still the biggest struggle for me. For me to be able to exercise and work out and be in shape in those ways, for me, it's all about eating. It's all about what I eat. It's all about how much I eat, and that's right. that's a big part of the. And that's the biggest area I'm I'm focused on right now. Right. What about you? How do you those three areas? What do you rate for you? And how yeah, do you sort through them? Um, I, I I did not grow up as an athlete, uh, so um, I I have had extended periods of intentional strengthening and exercising because I just out of conscience um, this last year uh, or so I it, it's one of the things that fell by the wayside and I don't know if part of that was due to and we talked about this in our last podcast you know some depression I was going through right. and a lot of stressful meetings and uh, I'd, I'd gotten out of the, the habit. I mean, I, and again, I've done different things through the years, um, uh, including uh, kickboxing uh, three or four times a week, which I thoroughly enjoyed. Yeah. Uh, I, I was part of a gym. I had a person after my first heart issue. Uh, I had a, a personal trainer that I worked with and doing a lot of cardiovascular strength, strength training. Mm. But at the very least to walk, and you know, so right. not that long ago, I was you know I was walking between five and ten miles a day. Uh, that takes some time. It does, you yeah. know. So you got to get up early, or you got to do it later. Uh, you know, later at night. But and, even that and, is a good example of you know. I would just want to point out for somebody listening, maybe does not have a habit of exercising. You don't. It does not have to be a rigorous. I mean, just right. Like you just get up. It takes time. It, just get up and walk five miles. Right. right. That's you, a lot. Right. And, and, and for you, beneficial. right. For some men that might need to start with one loop around the block. That's right. And, and then you know, build up to two and yeah. build up to three. So I mean, it's not like again. Your your point is not to be able to run a marathon necessarily. That's right. No, that's right. But your point is to be able to function efficiently. Um, you know, people, we, we do make judgments about people when we see them, you know, and, and is there, if, if we are overly heavy and slovenly, you know, does it say something about the ministry? Right. Um, and one of the, the fruit or of the, the gospel, spirit, you, or the, gospel, or the, gospel the, fruit of the, the fruit of the spirit is, is self-control. Yeah. And I don't think that that just is necessarily, you know, directed solely at things like you know, what we're talking about here, but it does have some application to it. Yep. And Proverbs talks about that. If you're a man given appetite, 
you know, that, that you need to understand there may be an abundance in front of you. It doesn't mean you have to eat it all. So what about and sleep in the midst of this? Sleep, uh, Brian, is uh, generally good. That's generally not my issue other than, you know, some of these times where we're going through a particularly hard time. Uh, and so even, I mean, having said that, you know, I mean, this past week I was up for a couple of hours. I was up early, you know, far earlier than I intend. I had about three hours of sleep and I woke up, you know, uh, at this age, sometimes you got to use the bathroom in the middle of the night and my mind wasn't able to shut down. Yeah. And, and so I was up for a while. So let's get really pra- it's practical shepherd. Let's get really practical, Jim. Is it okay for a pastor to take a nap in the middle of the day? I, I, well, I, I, I'm in my, I'm getting into my, uh, my, well, I am in my mid, you know, my, I'm getting into my <laughs> mid to late fifties. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and yeah, you know, some, there will often be a, you know, 10 minutes for me, 10, 10, sometimes it's 15 minutes. I'll close my eyes, whether I fall asleep or not, but you know, often after lunch, uh, I'll lock the door of my study and, um, and I'll, I'll close my eyes for a little bit. Yeah. Um, Sunday afternoons. Oh, I, I nap, you know, if I can, I'll sometimes take a, you know, I mean, even a, sometimes as much as a two-hour nap on a Sunday afternoon. I was talking to a group of pastors uh, in Bardstown, Kentucky yesterday, and I just highlighted that. Like, one of my favorite moments of the week is after preaching on Sunday, pouring my heart out, getting to see everybody, everything that comes to Sunday morning, go home, eat lunch, and then lay down to take a Sunday afternoon nap and crashing after that. Yeah. I mean, it's, that's glorious. That's like the, kind of the, you poured out everything you prepped that week. Right. It's all gone and you just get to kind of lay down and rest. That's pretty, it's pretty sweet. Yeah. And, and I don't always get it, but when I do get it, I, yeah. I really enjoy it. So let's, let's highlight too. Uh, we've talked about food and comfort and, but let's also highlight in regard to uh, exercise. And I think even sleep, the need for the right amount of sleep is, is folk is speaks to the activity in our soul because oftentimes when men especially lie about how much sleep they need, it's because they don't want to acknowledge they need that much sleep. That, yeah, that it it's can be this, a, a form of pride or self righteousness associated with that. Yeah, it's a it's a in a it's a, a unwillingness to acknowledge I need more sleep because I'm human, right? And I have limitations. Yeah. And and so if you're listening to this. And that's one of the areas where, here's where I challenge a lot of pastors is they think they get enough sleep. And I ask them, what are you like at 7 p.m.? You know, you come home, you have dinner with your family, you're with them. What are you like? I mean, if you're past, if you're falling asleep sitting on the couch at 7 p.m. Uh, and or you're really grumpy because you're just really tired, right. you, you need to take a hard look that right. you've been lying if you, to yourself. Right. If you can't give yourself, if you're a younger man, you have younger kids, if you can't give yourself to be able to... Yeah, romp with them and enjoy them without yeah. being out of breath, or you're you're so tired you can't. Then yeah, probably you need to evaluate. That's right, Brian. I do want to talk about uh, exercise, and you know, you mentioned that this is something that's been an important part for you. How do you work that into your schedule, and do you regard it in 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 any way as being you know when I say ministry related or on the clock? So, like, do you would you feel guilty if you had your your time of exercise that say it took place at eleven in the in the morning when other guys are at work and they're you know, they wouldn't be able to do that because they're punching a clock. We don't necessarily have a clock like that, right? But you've done you've been in the office for several hours and then you know to go and and you know, maybe you keep clothes in your uh, either in your car or in your office and you go for a walk or you go for a run. Um, in, in, in any way, do you regard that? And, and, and if you do, in what way do you regard that as, as part of your 
you're not sinning and doing that. You're not being bad with your time. You're, you're not being indifferent to your calling. It's taking care of yourself, yep. a part of your calling, and a part of your duty uh, in that way. Yeah, I would say when Paul writes to the, in Acts 20, and Paul, uh, Paul uh, speaking to the Ephesian elders there, he says, take heed to yourself and to the flock. That's right. the old, that's the call of a pastor. Part of a pastor's calling is to take care of himself and his own soul, so he's got something to care for others with. So the answer is yes. I would say now most of my exercise happens usually in the morning or in the e- afternoon, evening after I've worked a full day. Okay. But there's plenty of times through the years that I've scheduled because it's just it's it's like another appointment. Like, just like I'd schedule an hour of coffee with somebody, I schedule an hour to go to go run or okay. to go do. So do you run, do you go to a gym or do you what do you do? I you, do a do mixture you... of things. So I'll I'll run some either a treadmill or I like to go run outside in a park or whatever. So I'll go run. I'll do a lot of uh, strength and core stuff uh, in that place. So I've tried not to be reliant on having needing a, a, a big weight room, but to just do okay. that kind of stuff. But so I'll go to the push up sit-ups. Yeah. Course, twists, course squats, stuff. that sort of thing. Yeah. That kind of stuff, squats and, um, you know, different strength leg exercise stuff that I can use my body weight. If there's, by the way, if you have kind of a, a I've always had this muscular frame. I've just kind of naturally had, all of a sudden I started realizing I need to use this weight to my advantage. And, so, and I stopped using weights and I stopped like, okay. if I have to lug this thing around all the time, right. I'm going to lug your put, body. Around. I'm going to get stronger trying to push it up a bunch of times. So, okay. so I, a couple of years ago, I moved to more just of, and it's convenient to go to the park and be able to do strength stuff, not to go to the gym where there's weights and things. Sure. Um, I like to swim. If I get a chance to swim, when we join a pool in the summer, I'll swim more. Uh, I like to play tennis. Uh, I like to play racquetball. Some of those kind of some of those kind of sports. I do martial arts still, so I train and, and do some of those things. So I'll work a heavy bag and I'll do some of those kind of things when I go to martial arts places. So a variety of things keeps it interesting. It keeps it fun, um, and uh, and you, it also provides a way to be able to do some of this with other people. So yeah. So I, you're you're more self motivated, you know. So some guys. You know, would you recommend a partner? Would you recommend uh, finding a, a brother? Maybe even, maybe you and your wife. Uh, you know, talking to the brothers here listening. Maybe you know your your wife could use some time to, and so walking together. You know, even again, just being out, moving, pushing a stroller or whatever, can be a means of beginning. Uh, you know, now my wife is far more motivated in physical fitness than I. I mean, she's, she's dragging you up the hiking trails, isn't she? When you go on vacation, uh, yeah, so. <laughs> right. I always feel bad because I'm actually really slow. I've always been, you know, I've, I've for whatever reason I'm a very slow walker. Uh, but she's also, and I have a daughter who is a, a personal trainer. Uh, and so both of them, you know, uh, who still holds it against me that, that I, that I was not ever trained her in martial arts. Right. Before they ever met Brian, (laughs) um, I used to describe Brian because Brian had some, Brian, you had your part-time jobs. You, you taught martial arts and you taught guitar. Yes. And they said, Oh, is he the one who's going to teach us to sing and to, and to hit people or whatever, you know? So it was always, whenever I said, I'm meeting Brian Croft. Mm. Oh, when is he going to train us dad? So sorry to disappoint. Never yeah. did. Yeah. You know, but it's never too late. You can still come this, over. This and do is something. true. So final thought, Jim, I think, um, uh, it was worth thinking about this. Pastors are listening. They're, they're probably aware of how they're falling short in certain areas. Maybe as we're talking about these three areas, but my final word I would give to, to those listening 
is to be honest with the areas that that need to be focused on the most. And again, when you're talking about exercise, like you were talking about, it's about being active in some way. It doesn't have to be a rigorous exercise. It can be a walk with a, you know, walking the kids with a stroller, your wife walking with you. But um, be aware that these three areas reveal activity in your soul. Whether you're not willing to embrace the limitations of your own humanity, right. whether you're not willing to own that maybe food is used for something other than just nourishing your body, um, you know, not wanting to exercise because you're not wanting to, you're not seeing the benefit of caring for yourself physically and how that, this is the one, this shell is the one instrument God's given us to, to live our life and to do ministry. So I just want to encourage you, there's a lot more wrapped up in the activity of your soul is revealed in these three areas. So mm. take a hard look as we've talked about these things and figure out what it reveals in your soul. Jim, final word from you on this? Yeah, again, I, I, I don't want to discourage guys. Sometimes, you know, if you're struggling in these areas, you can just feel overwhelmed, you know, uh, and none of this is intended to make you feel guilty or, you know, you, you these are two men who have wrestled and struggled in these areas Indeed. and in Indeed. one way or another, um, Still are. And still are. Yeah. And so we're, we're come along this as, as in the fight with you. Um, you know, I, I've had uh, I, I've had some heart issues and I, I, you know, so there's that sense of feeling I, I could, you know, is there under God or are there under God things I could do to improve that and increase my longevity um, for my ministry's sake and, and for my family's sake and, yeah. and ultimately, obviously, then for the glory of God. Yeah, the final thing I'll say, just so you all know listening to this, that Jim, Jim and I are in the middle of working through this on our own still, even since we <clears throat> we had a conversation about this a few weeks ago, and even since then, you know, we have both taken some steps in the last couple of weeks to adjust some things diet-wise, even to try to just continue to get a handle on this for both of us. And so, you know, just realize this is an ongoing struggle for us. We know it is for you in a lot of ways. Uh, but we also want to recognize that, you know, th- th- we don't want to grossly general- generalize this. I-, I know men who are really skinny who struggle with overeating and using food for comfort. Right, and they may, so, have, yeah, and they may not exercise at all, and it, yet it just and so show. And so we need to make sure that this isn't just about what it looks like we struggle with. Right. Be honest with yourself to know how you struggle. And uh, let, so, Jim, let me pray for everybody in regard to listening to this, that God will give wisdom and insight. Lord, thank you that you've given us these bodies to serve you in and to live our life. And uh, thanks for creating us in your image. And we pray, Lord, that you would help us to be good stewards of not just our ministries, but to these bodies you've given us to serve you in. Lord, would you help us, give us wisdom and insight, give each listener wisdom to know how they need to grow, how you'll meet them in love and grace to help them to to sort through not just the discipline of these things. Lord, give us wisdom and insight in how it reveals the activity of our souls that we'd ultimately look to you for comfort and for strength. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.